Hi everyone. Um, before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to talk quickly about the mass shooting that happened at the Texas Elementary School on Tuesday, May 24th, that left 14 children dead along with a teacher. It is absolutely disgusting that this shit happens all the time in this country, and it is beyond any comprehension that I have right now to just have any sympathy for anyone who is claiming Second Amendment rights and advocating against gun control. Maybe the shooting happened happens without gun control laws. Maybe it doesn't. But all I know is this shit would not happen nearly as often as it does today in America, in the United States. I have three kids of my own who are under the age of 10, and my heart is broken. Ted Cruz put out a statement saying he's fervently lifting up in thought and prayer the children and families in the horrific shooting in uh, Uvalde. He can fuck right off with his thoughts and prayers. If he wants to do something, change the fucking law. That's all I really have to say. It's just going to be me repeating myself. But if you live in an area that has any kind of conservative beliefs and you just feel like your vote doesn't matter in that area, go out and vote. Change this shit. If you don't vote, it will never change. If we do nothing, the conservatives will take control of the Senate and the House and it'll get much worse. And I don't want my kids growing up in this world. I don't want anyone's kids growing up in that world. Women are about to lose autonomy over their bodies. Kids can't go to public schools without being scared of someone bringing a gun. It is absolutely insane that we just move right along with this. So, again, vote blue in 22. It's the dumbest shit in the world that we have to even pick a side for shit like this. But the only thing we can do, people who aren't in the top like 5% of wealth, we can't change anything besides through a vote. So go out and vote. Advocate for change. Do something. Because it's not going to get better unless we do something. I hope this episode can kind of help bring a little bit of levity to anyone who is as heartbroken as anyone else. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's kind of it. Just hopefully we can bring a little bit of levity to your life. But I really just needed to say something and uh, this will be the best that I can do. So um, thank you for sticking through this. So um, again, thank you and uh, take care, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I am your host, Josh Scar, and joining me this week is Matt. Matt, welcome back. Yeah, glad to be here. How's it going? Going really well, thanks. Today was actually Becky and I had the opening slot with the live stream for The Cure. Oh, yeah. How'd it go? Really well. Uh, we we raised over $330, if I remember correctly. Oh, great. For being the opening act on on day two, where like half the country is still asleep, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, I saw you guys posted about it. I'm sorry I missed it. I'm glad it went well. 
Yeah, it was really good. Rebecca did a headstand and uh that sounds like her. <laughs> we had two separate donations of over a hundred dollars and I got to tell the story about when I was uh a murder suspect for about forty eight hours oh, yeah. back when I worked I at the hotel. <laughs> So if anyone wants to hear that story, you can uh, go watch day two of the live stream for The Cure. That's uh, at the very end of our two-hour segment. Uh, we did the drawing for the Doctor Strange mug, and then I tell the story because someone donated exactly $57, which was my request, <laughs> and we got it. I didn't win the mug, did I? No, you did not. Okay, I didn't put uh, in for it, but I was hoping maybe I did. Completely coincidentally, it actually ended up going to someone that works with Rebecca. So it was a very cheap delivery. Just like, here, you take this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this week, we are here to talk about Moon Knight. Moon Knight recently wrapped up. And uh, we're going to kind of segue that into just talking about how we feel about the MCU shows as a whole. So um, with that, we're going to take our quick brain trust ad break to talk uh, get, or not talk about because you're going to hear about it with the off-cult, or no, off-topia cult uh, spot from our friends over there, and we'll be right back. That was such a terrible transition. I'm so <laughs> sorry, off Off-topia. That's what editing's for. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I'm your host, Josh Scar, and joining me this week is Matt. Matt, welcome back. Yeah, glad to be here. How's it going? going really well thanks today was actually becky and i had the opening slot with the live stream for the cure oh yeah how'd it go really well uh we we raised over 330 dollars if i remember correctly oh great for being the opening act on on day two where like half the country is still asleep i think that was pretty good yeah i saw you guys posted about it i'm sorry i missed it i'm glad it went well yeah it was really good rebecca did a headstand and uh <laughs> That sounds like her. <laughs> we had two separate donations of over a hundred dollars, and I got to tell the story about when I was uh, a murder suspect for about forty-eight hours oh, yeah. back when I worked I at the hotel. <laughs> so, if anyone wants to hear that story, you can uh, go watch day two of the live stream for the cure. That's uh, at the very end of our two-hour segment. Uh, we did the drawing for the Doctor Strange mug, and then I tell the story because. Someone donated exactly $57, which was my request. <laughs> I didn't win the mug, did I? No, you did not. Okay, I didn't put in uh, for it, but I was hoping maybe I did. Completely coincidentally, it actually ended up going to someone that works with Rebecca. So it was a very cheap delivery. Just like, here, you take this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this week, we are here to talk about Moon Knight. Moon Knight recently wrapped up, and uh, we're going to kind of segue that into just talking about how we feel about the MCU shows as a whole. So let's let's kind of just dive right into it. There there will be spoilers, obviously, for all of these Disney Plus shows, uh, but especially Moon Knight with it being the most recent. So let's let's just get into it. Matt, what did you think of Moon Knight as a whole? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be quick, and then I'm then we can dive into it. The best way I can think to describe my reaction to Moon Knight is that it was aggressively okay. <laughs> what what did you think of it? Uh, I think I would, if I was being nice, that would be the best way I'd put it. It's probably my least favorite Disney Plus show, but I think that's mostly because of my expectations for it. Like I was expecting something more of a psychological thriller. Plus, I believe Kevin Feige had gone on record saying that this show was going to push the boundaries for violence in a Disney Plus and Marvel property. Which is, it sort of does 
a couple times, but not really, which maybe, I mean, maybe that speaks to the level of violence in this stuff generally, but like, you know, I think people compared it, possibly Feige even compared it to, to Netflix's Daredevil, had much more brutal violence, and I don't think it rises to that level, even in the same ballpark. And it's it's interesting because it's like, it's a show that I, I didn't hate watching it. You know, I think the cast is great. Performances are great. I think the back half is generally pretty strong. And I think the pilot episode is like also pretty good. But there's like this weird thing in the first half where it feels really aimless. It takes a little while before you feel like, okay, it gets to the point where you're like, this is what the show's about. And I don't know why that is. There's like the whole thing in the third episode where they're like, hanging out with the guy that jousts yeah he has he has his like own little medieval times uh in italy or something yeah it's just like a very weird there's just like a lot of weird di- diversion and digression in those first couple episodes or at least the first half I'll, i mean i i sort of when i say the first half i sort of exempt the pilot just because i feel like the pilot is pretty good at getting you into it but like those that second and third episode just feels really weird and then when we get into like the stuff in the mental hospital and we're really getting into like the dichotomy that's when i think it starts to kind of click and gel a little better and then i think it does sort of fall apart at the end mostly because i think the stakes are just too big Mm -hmm. and there's some i mean there's other stuff we'll get to too but um i've I've talked a lot so (laughs) uh i i mean I'm, i'm mostly right there with you i i think the pilot episode is very strong I watch most of these shows with my wife as they, they go along. And that first episode, she was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. If this is how every episode is going to be like that, that last sequence was pretty suspenseful. Yeah. And then the, the second episode opened up really promising where it's like, Oh, is the, are we doing this whole uh, dissociative disorder thing where he's hallucinating and the split personality is kind of creating its own machinations. Like, is that what we're going for? And then they immediately went, no, this is all real. Yeah. And it, it just kind of fell apart for me from there where it it really could have done a total recall kind of thing where is he crazy and he just has this extra personality that thinks they're a superhero or is this just more Marvel shenanigans where it's super powered people doing super powered things. But there's a twist where there's two different people sharing a body and the superhero thing just kind of shifts depending on who's in charge. Yeah, And it ended up being the latter, which to me was much less interesting. We talked about this a little bit in the Spider-Man episode we did, where like it feels like at the end of the series, the two personalities are like in sync and they're like shifting back and forth at will. And there's like this these moments where it's like, finally, he's Moon Knight now. Why? Like, we don't need I feel like a lot of these a lot of these projects feel like they have to have the moment where like the hero has arrived and they're like their origin is done, which is like fine except that we are in this story where specifically we are joining it in the middle like for to a purpose and like i think you can do the thing where it's like okay we finally figured out how to work together but there's just this thing and maybe this is just me but i feel like i i see it a lot in this stuff it feels like they 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 can't shake the vibe of an origin story even when they specifically subvert the origin story you know it's just very weird even though like i generally like that last episode and like the fight scenes in that episode but it's like i i'm just gonna say the same thing again <laughs> if i keep talking so. it, it, that's all very true and like i think the highlight for the and sh- the show for me was in the final episode once you get past the pilot i thought the pilot was really strong i i thought when Le- was it layla was layla. the 
yeah so. when she when she became the the, the superhero with to wear it uh, I thought that was really cool. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that sequence. And the, yeah, the suit great. was awesome. And like, that's the thing is like, you know, I, I mentioned that I think in episodes two and three, it kind of spins its wheels. Like episode two is where Layla shows up and like, there's a lot of good stuff there. But I feel like you get you should, like to the point where I think it's episode, maybe it's episode three, maybe it's episode four, where like they are in the tomb and like they're having this friction about her dad. And then like at the end he gets shot. That should have been the second episode. I think episode. that's episode four, yeah. Yeah, that should have been, I feel like that should have been the second episode. Or at least, like, that That feels like it should have happened much earlier in the story. And instead, we're dealing with stuff with, like, we're moving the stars. And, like, we're tracking down this um, weird joust guy. And, like, running <laughs> from the cops and stuff. And it's just, like, it feels like there's some pacing issues there that don't ever totally resolve until, like, we get to the asylum. And it feels like that's where they're, like, I feel like that's where, like, not that the whole show has to take place there, but it feels like that's the moment where it's like, oh, here's like the concept of the show. And it's like already almost over, you know, it's just so weird. I think the asylum could have played a lot better for me if it wasn't so clearly not reality or like, yeah, like not if it wasn't, I don't know how else to really say it where it was clearly, it was too white and everything was just, it was clearly just, okay, this is some kind of structure built within either the supernatural or within Khonshu or something because it's all white. And we're at the point even then where like, it seems clear that we are past the point where we're like questioning the reality of Moon Knight and exactly the sanity and like whether or not Khonshu is real. I guess, I guess maybe the case that Khonshu is not real, but then like, we also have the superpower suit. Yes. Which we, we see him get stabbed multiple times and shot and he's fine. Yeah. So again, that, that kind of breaks the idea of, is he just a crazy person in a suit? Which again, uh, they, they break that idea so many times. Cause again, at least in the pilot episode, when he suits up for the first time, he's fighting something that no one else sees. Yeah. And like in the the opening of the second episode, when you see that that film footage or the security camera footage, he's just Mark or Steven going in and out. So yeah. again, maybe oh, it was the costume just in his mind? What's going on? And immediately the show goes, no, superheroes, superpowers, supernatural things. Well, and that's a thing too, where like the magic suit that comes to him. I'm not like the most versed in Moon Knight stuff, so maybe this is part of the comics that I'm not fully aware of, but like something you hear a lot about moon Knight, and it's kind of a reductive way people describe him but like they talk about him as marvel's batman right Mm -hmm. like i said it's reductive but there's a lot of similarities in a lot of the comics he's like got some money he's got a bunch of gadgets he's got like a jet and he's like you know he's like a batman ish guy and i feel like i wanted like 15 percent more of that in this show where it's like i don't want it to be a batman show I want it to be a Moon Knight show, but, you know, there's there's weird Egyptian stuff and, like, trippy mental health stuff in there. But, like, you know, you can give him a plane that looks like the Crescent Moon. I don't know. Like, there's the <laughs> bit in the last episode where he, like, basically grapple hooks to somebody and kicks him in the face. And I'm like, where was that the rest of the show? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, I, I don't have much of a, an understanding or uh, knowledge of Moon Knight, really. Uh, the only real 
insight that I have, which technically doesn't even exist anymore, is Moon Knight in the Ultimate Comet in Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, he shows up trying. I think he's trying to infiltrate Kingpin. Uh, so he like creates an alternate personality to become a thug for Kingpin, and that personality just kind of like becomes more and more dominant. And like even the Moon Knight personality is becoming smaller and can't fight back. Uh, so again, like that's kind of what I found interesting was that that idea of the personalities kind of understanding each other and like you can create a new one. But again, that could be considered insensitive as well to people sure. with actual dissociative illness. Well, that's the tough thing too, is that like whenever we're talking about anything like this, and Moon Knight is like, it's hard to escape with this character. I don't think DID works like this at all, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's all a very fictionalized version and I can't speak to how sensitive it was or was not, but I feel like it's already pretty fraught territory when you're like talking to other personalities and mirrors and things like that. So it's yeah it's on that borderline of autism is a superpower kind of thing yeah. even if it wasn't going that far with it i still would have liked to have seen some kind of more diving into again like the total recall kind of questioning reality kind of thing yeah where, you know is he just throwing on a white ski mask and thinking he's running around in these cool mummy robes and all that but no he's he's just a, a superhero and it, it really affected the way i viewed the show which again that's my fault for expectation i'm not saying that the show isn't good and like upon a rewatch maybe once i had with new and understanding expectations like on a, on a rewatch maybe it becomes like my like second or third favorite uh D disney plus show well it's a very weird show too like it makes some weird decisions throughout like i think i, I might have mentioned this in passing before but i think i feel like the stakes are all out of whack where it's like you end the series, the season, I guess, because it kind of set up for a second one if it, if it happens with like giant gods punching each other, which do not seem to be just invisible. It doesn't seem to be metaphorical. People seem to be actually seeing this thing. It's like very weird end of the universe stakes. And like there's the whole thing early on where they really suggest these like monster dogs are going to be a much bigger deal early on. And then they never show up again after like the second episode. You know, I, I, I get what they're going for, but it is wild that they just, they skip the last fight for, yeah. I would, I would be more forgiving of that because like they do some hints that there's a third personality throughout the series. And as someone who has some familiarity with, familiarity with the comics, I was like, okay, so they're like setting up this third personality. I was expecting it to play a role outside of here's the surprise in the, the credit scene i was expecting to play a role besides that in the show and it does in the sense that like oh he shows up and he ends the fight but it's also like we black out with steven yeah, and a, mark it's a, bit. And so it's a bit because like yeah you missed the entire fight and it feels like it should have it should have happened in a big deal in the text in the show as opposed to like here's a tease for the next season if we if we do one yeah because I think the only time prior we even get that hint towards the third personality is when they first show up in Egypt and uh, they're in that knife fight. And I think Mark is technically still in control. And then we black out with Mark and then we see he's got the knife in the guy's stomach and he's like, Steven, what did you do? Yeah. And Steven's like, and everyone and anyone who's watching the show is like, Steven obviously could not do this intentionally that had, if anything, it was an accident, but you're obviously setting a third personality up. There's also a scene, there's also a bit in the um, 
the asylum when they first get there where like they see a third like sarcophagus yes like the one that um mark came out of so it's like oh there's a third person here which is like another thing where no one seems terribly concerned about that where like that scene the knife fight scene is like i didn't do it you say you didn't do it moving on moving on <laughs> yeah like and you know we're in this weird situation there's a third sarcophagus like the one i came out of oh okay we gotta go see a hippo <laughs> don't you knock to wear it She's i won't great. I, never, I never would but especially weird because like the the rest of the asylum stuff is about them synthesizing right where it's like yes we are we have we are still different personalities but now we like are functioning in, in a way that like finally we're moon knight <laughs> but like you would think the fracturing of the heart or whatever weird spiritual stuff was going on you would think the third personality would also factor into that and it's apparently apparently not i actually didn't even think about that yeah the the heart's balancing there there definitely should have been uh more out of balance just because steven quote unquote dies doesn't mean that mark should be balanced yeah um, unless just... again jake do they call him jacob or jake uh is jake jake lockley jake. i believe is the third personality okay alex yeah uh so jake i guess technically could have taken over the body but they made it pretty in no uncertain terms pretty clear in no uncertain terms that uh with mark being dead the body is dead so like what happens to jake yeah it's just way. Like, i don't begrudge them because that's the thing from the comics and it's something i expected to see eventually it's just the way it was the way it was handled feels so weird it feels like you know, it feels like you're doing a bunch of setup for something that should be in the text of the thing, not in the, the post credits tease that you do. And I, I found myself kind of baffled that they, and that's going to be a pacing thing too, where like, if you had trimmed out some of that stuff that feels like it's spinning its wheels in the first couple episodes, maybe you have more time to explore that in the show you're doing, you know, as opposed to just being like, come back someday if we do it. And you know, I don't want to. I don't want to seem like I'm. I'm too hard on it. I did enjoy watching it for the most part. Like I think Oscar Isaac is great. You know, I think even his doofy little accent is <laughs> is fun. You know, and I, I can. I do not know the name of the actor who plays Layla. Unfortunately, uh, I've but got she, it right here. Uh, May Callum Callum away. Okay, yeah, she's great. And like Ethan is it Ethan Hawke, right? Yes, Ethan Hawke. He's Hawk. great. He rules. Gattaca's um, own. Yeah, he's great, and. You know, I feel like it's a good cast and I enjoyed watching them. It's just there were time thinking back on it, especially I'm like, what was the deal? Like, what were you what was that about? You know? Yeah. Uh, again, the solid performances. I can't knock it for for lack of trying. Um, Arthur Harrow is the villain, plus uh, the alligator lady. I can't remember her name. Like, I, I get it. And I really enjoy when stories and shows that i enjoy like dive into like literal mythology sure uh but this one it, it just it never felt connected because like steven has all this seemingly useless knowledge of egyptian mythology and egyptian history like he even is studying uh hieroglyphics but it never really comes to anything once they get to a point where like oh we 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 figured out the map we're good yeah and, and that's at the end of like episode three and then everything else is just kind of typical Marvel fare where you could have easily done a superhero national treasure. And I, I mean, I guess if I had to guess at like what those first couple episodes are about, I would guess that that's maybe partly what they're going for. But it's also like, you know, they're, they're sort of on this globe trotting adventure to try to figure out where 
the goal is, right? And like that's a cool concept for a thing, but when you only have six episodes and you're also trying to fit in the DID stuff and the mental health stuff or the mental asylum stuff and all the stuff with the various Egyptian gods, it feels like eventually you're pulling at too many threads. You know, if you had made the national treasure thing the focus of the season or the globe globe treading the focus of the season that's a solid story if you do more with the mental health thing that's a solid story and you know i don't write tv so maybe there's a way to level all this that works but it feels like it's a weird it's a weirdly disjointed show that you know i enjoyed watching but also not really sure what they were going for overall yeah, I do really kind of wish we had either Scotty or Alex involved in this episode. Um, I wish they had, their availability was a little better because um, Scotty said it was his favorite MCU show so far, and I know Alex really enjoyed it as well. And I've seen I've seen people who say they really enjoyed it, and you know I think that's great. And yeah, it, absolutely enjoy, fair. I did not enjoy it. I just am, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. It feels like it's got some major problems that really held it back a little bit for me personally yeah and like when i say this is probably my least favorite marvel show so far like i don't mean that as oh my god it was so bad sure. I, I mean it more as like i've enjoyed other things just like i have like uh if you go to my letterbox you'll see that captain marvel is like my number 17 movie i enjoy captain marvel a lot like i've watched it a handful of times but there's just stuff that's better. Doesn't mean I like it less than other things. It just means that. I mean, you're speaking in relative terms, right? It's not yeah. Like, yeah, you're comparing it to the other stuff in this category, not to like everything ever. Yeah, no, I mean, like comparing it to like Law and Order or the West Wing or something is not fair among other things, or even Superman and Lois. Like, we're we're not going to go there. <laughs> One day we will. Which my wife and I just started season two, so uh, very that's excited true. about what's going on with that. That show rules. Uh, my only digression in that regard today is I'm really mad because they keep doing this thing where they will come back for two episodes and then be like, we'll see you in a month. <laughs> and right now we're in the thick of that where it's not coming back to like June. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> I remember I, it was last year, my wife and I started watching super watching the show and uh, we caught up. I think they only did like 11 or 12 episodes and we caught up to like episode 11 and like, Oh yeah. The, season finale will be in like three more weeks what way to way to strike while the iron's hot yeah i find i i prefer like episodic tv to like the binge model or like i i prefer something like like on disney plus where they drop an episode maybe two a week and then i watch it spend my time with it and then i come back next week that's how tv is made right like that's how i prefer to watch it and the one this is like the one that keeps biting me <laughs> where it's like i up with it <laughs> You know, every every Wednesday or whenever it airs, I, I show up on the CW app and then it's like, oh, by the way, we're going to be gone for <laughs> several weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you with the episodic stuff. Among other things, my lifestyle can't handle the binge model. Even we, we watched The Witcher not that long ago. And even with that, we would maybe watch two episodes at a time. I just don't like to binge. And I find when it's all available at once, I'm less likely to keep up with it for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's because I don't binge, but, you know, I want to watch one episode, maybe two a day. And yeah, and then yeah. eventually uh, I, I get distracted by shiny things too easily. <laughs> don't we all in this day and age? But yeah, I, I think that, that to, again, keep this tangent going, I think that's kind of where Netflix is starting, is has been failing, is you have stuff like Game of Thrones that conquered the world for like 
eight years until that final season. And again, it was an episodic series. And then we had the Mandalorian come out and it's, it dominates every time it has a season out. And that's because it's weekly and we're going to have Kenobi coming up and we have all these Marvel shows and they, they dominate at least from what I see in my algorithms they dominate the discourse every time there's a new episode you can't log on to twitter without seeing the spoilers right away because everyone's so excited to see these things yeah it's like a, it's like a water cooler thing right where you know even even outside the realm of like the geek stuff you know i've watched stuff like you know there's ted lasso on apple tv and mm-hmm. the after party on apple tv were part of like i feel like part of the enjoyment of you know you check in with the episode and then you maybe talk to friends about it. Maybe you post about it. You're thinking about it. Like I, I like being able to like turn it over in my head a little bit, even if it's something relatively light and fluffy, like like a like a Moon Knight, you know, as as opposed to Netflix, where I feel like I will log into Netflix sometimes and I will see some show I've never heard of is on its fifth season or something, where it's like, <laughs> okay, you guys, you guys drop it all at once. People forget about it, and then you don't promote it. So then it's like, here's some sitcom you had for 10 years and no one knows about it because you just quietly drop episodes and move on. I think the closest thing I've ever seen Netflix do to episodic was with the Voltron series, uh, legendary defender because, uh, um, they originally did, I think like 13 episode seasons for like three seasons. And then they just couldn't keep up with the animation. So they started breaking it down into like six and seven episode seasons. So it technically has like, eight seasons or seven seasons but the last like three or four seasons are basically half seasons so it really was supposed to be like a four season thing but it now says it's like seven or eight because of this the demand was there that they needed to get these episodes out but the structure is all kind of wonky because again they're they're telling half stories for each season yeah because again because you can now binge the entire thing in one go it, it doesn't matter but yeah, I really enjoyed that series though. It's it's good. I think thinking about it, I never quite got around to it. As you and Adam Rose saw, I had one. I have two actually of the the Voltron figures. But yeah, it was a good series. I'd recommend it if you ever like find yourself looking through Netflix and just being like, I don't know what to watch. Yeah. Um, if I remember, it's the Animation House that did Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend yeah. of Korra. Um, but I don't believe it has any of the Avatar writing team on it. But gotcha. it's still really good. Gotcha. Yeah, next time I'm deciding between watching something new or either <laughs> or more Star Trek. For the 10th time or more Star Trek. When I get on Netflix, there's like a 50% chance that I'm going to watch I Think You Should Leave for a dozen <laughs> times. So. Kind of getting back on track with the MCU stuff. Um, again, Moon Knight is very solid, to put it in probably the nicest terms I can. Um, it's definitely not my favorite of the MCU shows, but it, um, just, it didn't resonate with me. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing more. And part of that is like, you know, if they do more, um, and part of that is like the cast, I think is great. I think there's a lot of potential there. There was just, you know, I think it was the pacing that really kind of did it for me where I didn't, I don't think it hangs together very well. It's probably the best way I can, I can put it, you know, and I think, I think going in, going into like what we're just talking about, I think episodic storytelling like it's sort of a a lost art to some degree where like every show really feels like it needs to be this big long story every season so like i'm good with a story that's like oh this this week we're going to hang out with the egyptian not egyptian the italian uh horseback medieval times yeah like that's but (laughs) it, it like 
in general, I'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever. This is like a weird, fun episode. But these these shows seem so set on being like short little basic miniseries that in in that situation you have to be like every episode counts yeah this all needs to be like moving the story along and it's not like that story didn't move along because there's stuff in that episode that moves on to the next one but it's still like it didn't feel like it had any any bearing on like the overall narrative except to like get us the next plot beat and that's a problem i think so with that we'll kind of transition to an overarching uh discussion about the uh mcu series here for like the next like maybe 10 or 15 minutes sure Uh, we've had we've had what like five or six now we've got wandavision falcon and winter soldier loki what if hawkeye and now moon knight right i don't think i'm missing anything sounds right i don't think you missed any that are currently out so I know WandaVision, especially after Doctor Strange, has been a little uh, controversial. I know there are some people who, who hated those first two episodes where they were homaging the the different eras of television, which I, I enjoyed those. I do think that there needed to be at least a little bit more of a hook to really engage people, because I think the first episode ended with the guy coming out of the sewer and the drone, yeah. and that was kind of it. Plus, you had the, the commercials in between, too. So I, I think there was enough there to really engage, but they did kind of feel inconsequential because of what ended up happening starting with episode three. I think generally, I think a lot of the Marvel shows, and I think WandaVision is is an exception because of its format. I think a lot of these shows all suffer from a similar problem to what I was just talking about, where like they all feel as though they were conceived as movies and that's fine but then they're like making it, taking it from like a two hour movie, maybe a three hour movie, expanding that into six episodes. Maybe you don't have six hours worth of stuff, you know? Where WandaVision, for better or worse, like I feel like, I feel like that concept there lends itself very well to being a TV show because every episode, for the most part, is about a different era of the sitcom to some degree. Is that's a perfect way to break it up where like the first episode is I Love Lucy and then the sixth episode is like, Malcolm in the Middle or whatever that one was. Wasn't it yeah. uh, Modern Family? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the 2000s one they was. They did do a Malcolm in the Middle one, though. That one was really good. That intro was really cool. Yeah. But yeah, and like that one, again, going back to like the episodic thing, it, it really lent itself well to the episodic idea because you had that tease of Quicksilver, even though it ended up just coming back to be a, a dick joke. Um, but like it, it was, it just showed what, marvel was willing to do to kind of tease people and get people talking about these shows because again like there's plenty of people in the general audience watching these shows now on disney plus that have no idea who this guy is that's being her brother yeah uh like obviously fans know but there's people that are just like oh and then you have darcy dropping the line of like oh she recast her brother that's weird and then just moving right along yeah, because no one else knows. But they do. Uh, if I haven't watched it in a while, but at least last time I watched it, the captions do say like X Men Quicksilver uh, <laughs> when he like introduces himself, and so that that one that's kind of a, a low blow. Personally, as someone who like thinks it's very funny, you know, one of the great things about that show was like that was also the first the first one of these, which was sort of by accident because I believe either loki or captain america was supposed to go first but coronavirus Um, i actually just saw the timeline um yeah i think like black widow was supposed to kick off phase four 
and then uh captain america and the winter soldier and then um i think loki and shang chi were next wandavision was supposed to come out like week like conclude like maybe two or three weeks before dr strange and the multiverse of madness came out not not like a full year yeah but then covid throws everything into disarray and like you know one of the problems i like i like the falcon show falcon and winter soldier but one of the things that plagues that show no pun intended is there was supposedly this big subplot about a pandemic that they had to cut when there was an actual pandemic so like on top of it being like a big movie that they maybe didn't have enough time for they're also like retooling stuff in the edit probably so anyway that's neither here nor there yeah which if you want to hear a really good discussion about the falcon and the winter soldier uh go back to episode 36 rainy from the red dove podcast and i talk about it fantastic episode that's like one of my all-time favorite episodes we've produced yeah if you want more in-depth conversation on that show go there um my my point is my what i was getting at is that you know there there was a crazy time where it was like we were still i mean we still are but we were still very in the thick of like the early days of the pandemic when this thing was coming out and we're also like nobody has any idea what's going on we're all speculating like people are throwing out fan theories like crazy especially once is it Evan Peters who plays the X-Men Quicksilver? Yes. Or is it I couldn't remember his name. That's why I just kept calling him Quicksilver. But yeah, Evan Peters, that's right. He shows up and everyone's like, oh my God, they're going to bring in the X-Men. And I, as someone who was like, who always thinks it's very funny when people like make these, make up these crazy theories and then are certain that's what's going to happen and then get mad when it doesn't. The last Jedi effect. Yeah. Or like people were talking about like Mephisto for the WandaVision. <laughs> and, then and then they're like, I can't believe they didn't do that. So I always think I I think the thing with uh, Evan Peters is very funny because because they know exactly what they're doing when they bring this guy onto the show and then to just mm-hmm. undercut it makes me laugh quite a bit. <laughs> That's the only reason I really liked some of the cameos in a mo- another more recent movie, which maybe we're not spoiling here today, but. not to explain the joke but that's one of the things we do with uh, our twitter account is whenever something gets confirmed on a tv show or movie we just tweet out the image as long as it's not like a massive spoiler and we'll do mephisto confirmed (laughs) until it actually happens that that will happen you know to get back to what we were talking about wandavision i feel like is sort of not necessarily a model for all these shows because it's very specific got a very specific angle but like you know, it's a show that approaches these episodes as episodes as opposed to chapters in a big story or like it's just the next hour of the movie. You know what I mean? And I've watched all these shows, but I think that's a big a big problem they have. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier and, and Hawkeye especially suffer from that where it just felt like, oh, we got to stop the movie here because baby is crying or something. We'll come back to it. And I, I actually think, I think in terms of the ones I've liked the most, I think Hawkeye is probably either like tied or right behind WandaVision just because it has some of those problems, but I feel like it's got less of those issues than other ones. And part of it is also the stakes too, where it's like, it's not a thing where the world is at stake, the universe is at stake. It's a very small insular story, which is very welcome. Yeah, I think it's more something more of these shows could stand to do where it's not because like it makes sense in that you go to the theater, it makes sense where a Doctor Strange is to save the multiverse. Perfect. It's like a big bombastic thing. But I don't think you need to do that with the shows. I think the shows could stand to be a little more smaller scale. And I think Loki does is pretty good at that too, where 
it is it does end up being like pretty big stakes but it is it it doesn't lose sight of like the very personal story in the, at the center of mm-hmm. it which is why i think probably loki is one of also one of the better ones um anyway i'm yeah i, I could uh, ramble about this for a while but like the netflix shows <laughs> also had that problem where like they didn't have enough story to cover 13 episodes so it always feels weird and like aimless in the middle um I remember hearing that, especially about like Daredevil season two, like people really love Daredevil season one, like the entire thing. And then season two came along strong start, really, really muddled in the middle and then pretty good finish. Yeah. And I, I just think, you know, I like all these shows for the most part. Um, and I will quit rambling in a second here. I just think they could stand, <laughs> I think they could stand to treat them more as TV shows, even if they're, short little mini series ish things they could stand to like treat the episodes as episodes more and like let them like you said like you said oh we got to pause the movie now come back next week and like what you had said previously like it, it does feel like uh, especially to me like hawkeye like i enjoyed hawkeye a lot mainly because it is inspired so heavily from the matt fraction comics and i i, I was like i remember that i remember that <laughs> but like it, it did feel like they they wrote a hawkeye script and then they just went well let's just not delete any scenes yeah because there are some scenes where it's like well what was the point of that but i mean overall like again i I really enjoyed that that show like i said we already talked about the falcon and the winter soldier we also did a hawkeye review alex and i did so like let's let's briefly touch on like loki and like what if and then we'll kind of call it a night sure Um, but loki was basically like the x files of the these disney plus series and like you said it, it told like a really small personal story for loki but it did have like large multiverse impact and it was a big setup for what's to come in the mcu um but obviously there's a season two coming so we don't know exactly what the full impact of the show is so far yeah um, but overall like uh that that first episode especially where he kind of loki sees what his prime timeline fate is supposed to be and that moment where he's like i'm not going back to that am i so good yeah and even that, like, I like that show, but I feel like it could, it could have stood to be just a little weirder based on the concept. I was hoping for, like, a little more of that sort of X-Files vibe where, like, maybe it's not all about this one person they're chasing. Maybe there's, like, I don't know. Again, I don't write these shows. A little more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of thing or where it's, like, kind of a, a monster of the week or deviant variant. Yeah, to some, some degree, that's not what these shows are interested in, and that's fine. I just think that they should, like maybe take a more tv approach as opposed to you know like like we've been saying they feel like they're conceived as movies and then just stretched out i'm trying to think of how i put it because i don't feel like like i'm putting it very well but like there's the scene in i don't know episode four episode five where like loki meets all the different lokis right you got like the classic loki kid loki you got the president loki crocodile loki can't forget crocodile Crocodile Loki. loki and i feel like that's a that's a cool little like weird moment and I wanted like more of that stuff where it's just like, what are the different weird kinds of Lokis out there or like weird twists on like the things that we know. And that could have been like a really good segue into what ifs too, um, or the what if concept. You know, the show isn't totally fo- is kind of focused on like the stuff with Loki and is it Sylvie was what, what they called her. The, the Sylvie was, Loki, yeah. Which is fine. But like going into it, some of this is my expectation going into it. I was like, I want I want some weird Marvel comics BS, you know, like just, just give me, just pump that stuff in my veins. And it was a little, it was a little tamer than I was hoping for. That's all. 
I can see that. Again, I, I have minimal understanding of Loki beyond the fact that, you know, he, he once was a woman for a while. He is a horse that gave birth to another horse. I mean, I guess it depends on how much of that is actual Norse mythology. <laughs> That's made its way. Yeah, that, that too. Um, and, and yeah, he's he, in the comics. He's technically the father of Hela and stuff. So yeah. like, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, like I, I just rattle off a bunch of random trivia, but again, I know those things. I don't know the stories behind them. Yeah. Um, but again, Tom Hiddleston, uh, other than the wig being kind of bad, which I don't know how Marvel is getting worse wigs. Uh, Cause that, that wig in multiverse of madness for Dr. Strange is pretty bad too. <laughs> I was hoping it was just a Sony budget thing and in, in no way home, but that didn't seem to be the case. So moving on from uh, Loki into what if, um, I was expecting that to be a little bit more of just like vignettes. I wasn't really expecting there to be an overarching narrative that eventually came into being, which I guess makes sense because the Watchers thing is he can't interfere until he decides he's going to interfere. That what you just said is the biggest problem I have with that show. I would say you mentioned Moon Knight is probably your least favorite. I would say bottom of the barrel for me, one hundred percent is What If. What If is uh, down there for me. I I, I think. I think the animation plays a big part in it. And I, I, as much as the, the Captain Carter episode really just riffs on the story beats from the first Avenger, I really enjoy it. Sure. You can, you can really hear Haley Atwell as having fun in the voice acting booth that really comes through in the, in not just the performance of the, the voice, but in the animation too. And there's yeah, some fun stuff in there. And again, this is expectations where like the thing I want out of a, what if, is what if where like in marvel comics you buy an issue of what if sometimes they do mini series of what ifs but usually it's one issue where it's like what if x did y or whatever and then you read the issue and then that's the story right and for the most part that's sort of what the show is until the very end where then it's like by the way Here's everybody that's back, and now we're doing a big fight episode. And we, we have a big multiversal Avengers. Yeah, and that's the thing where like what I the thing that I wanted out of that show was just I just wanted I just want to watch a thing and then not have it be part of the big tapestry of the Marvel universe. And like maybe that's me, you know, maybe I'm in the minority there. And to be fair, I was certain when we were watching those those multiverse of badness trailers, I was like, they are bringing in that cartoon doctor strange into all of this and i'm gonna be so mad and then that's not what they that's not what they were doing but it looked like it could have been yeah i know a lot of people were really expecting it to be that doctor strange but i feel like and that's one of the better episodes of what if too but i was mm -hmm. anyway go on um i was just gonna say i feel like uh I, I never bought into that theory just because he never quite looked the same the sure. translation wasn't really there for me because by the end of it, yeah, he's done horrible things, but he's the only one. And he's kind of he's he's not he's not a good guy, but he is he's learned from what he has done. Sure. And the he the one that we saw in the trailers just seemed a lot more malicious. Sure. And so I was like, he he seems too villainous for what's going on. So I, I just never bought into that theory. But I mean if I was wrong, I, as long as it was done well, I wouldn't have minded it so much. But we would be remiss without mentioning that this is the last time we will see Chadwick Boseman in the MCU. Yeah, that's in that Starlord episode. That's probably the best episode because it's like, yes, that's the one that is most like, let's just do a weird thing that isn't just like shifting things slightly, lifting the lens slightly. Like, 
I see how you land on what if Sharon Carter was Captain America or Captain Carter? I never think of like, oh, what if this completely other character was a character who he has never what if, essentially what if Yandu got lost and ended up in Africa instead of Kansas? Yeah, and or, it's, I'm sorry, Missouri. Yeah, and it's fun as hell. It's like that's that's the kind of thing. To its credit, the Doctor Strange episode. Now that I know it's not <laughs> set up for a movie, like those are the kinds of things where it's like this is just a weird or like tragic one-off story that you can like just enjoy you know the context of like what actually happens and you see just a sort of a what-if story yeah and there was one that actually got cut um in the final episode uh it's the one where gamora shows up um or in in the like last two episodes really uh, because i think it's like a two-part finale where you get the, the the guardians of the multiverse or whatever gamora shows up with this weird like infinity gauntlet nullifier or something yeah that was actually supposed to take place in an episode where she and tony stark are stuck on sakar and doing the planet hulk storyline and and that just got completely scrapped for budgetary reasons from what i understand i've heard i have heard i don't know if this is true i heard it was some budget stuff some covid stuff and that that episode make its way into a second season i don't know if there is a second season happening there is they they've confirmed Um, season two but and this and you know to to continue my rant, <laughs> this is one of the things that I that I did appreciate about Moon Knight, where it's like not every single thing needs to like be fully plugged into the wider tapestry at all times, right? And that I think is one of its strengths, where you can just watch it and it at some point will probably have some connection, but for now it doesn't really. And I think what if would have been much stronger if it had stuck to that throughout and you, you could still watch those you could still watch the star lord episode you could still watch the doctor strange episode without it like being a big deal but the fact that it like comes together at the end is like you know maybe i'm a little harsh on it it's just not what i wanted out of the show just gonna ask it because it, it popped into my head what did you think of the party thor episode that was like that was one that i was like this is like kind of fun this is kind of cute but i'm like what is this episode? And I'm pretty sure that's the episode that ends with uh, Ultron, Ultron coming. Up, right? Yeah, so like it, yeah, that's the tease for Ultron. So I'm just like, what? What are we doing here? <laughs> you like, know? And and of all the people they brought out of that universe, it was Party Thor that came out of it, wasn't it? It wasn't Captain Marvel or anything I think so, like that. Yeah. So like that that one was a weird thing because it's not like he actually learned a lesson. He just was able to defeat Vision Ultron or whatever you want to yeah. call him. Well, and some of those, and some of those actors too, like, you know, I think the MCU has pretty strong portrayals for the most part, you know, voice acting is not the same talent as screen acting. And there are some, some actors who maybe didn't uh, avail themselves as well as I might've liked. So it's all, that's also part of it too. Like the, the animation style, like sometimes the voice, the voice acting is like very wooden and stiff and just... The thing at the end, which is a me problem, granted, all kind of added up to me being. I think it was like, it was weeks after it ended that I finally finished it, which is rare for me in an MCU thing, you know, pandemic accepting. I didn't see any of these movies <laughs> until they came out way later, but I was just like, not the vibe was off for me. I guess. <laughs> I I can see that. Yeah, I, I wasn't like anticipating these episodes on a week to week basis, like. I think I ended up watching most of them on like a Friday afternoon. I, I, it wasn't like I get off work and I come home on Wednesday and watch it or something like that. 
Um, so Alex and I did a Hawkeye review. We'll kind of skip over Hawkeye. Hawkeye was fun. Uh, Yelena steals the show for me still. Yeah. So then we've got, I think it's Moon Knight. So yeah, we're, we're pretty much caught up there. Um, so um, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of it. Um, overall, I think the, if you were to compare it to the MCU movies, uh, where would you kind of, not not necessarily in like a ranking, but like uh, if you were to get one of those tier lists of like S, A, B, C, D, where would you put most of these shows? Uh, that's that's a good question. I, I don't know if I have a, a definitive answer for you because I think I might end up putting some of the shows themselves in different places. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think for the most part, I would probably watch any of the movies over rewatching any of the shows if only because of what we were talking about where like it's a time investment it's it is a time investment and i and i you know i know when i'm sitting down to watch a movie i'm gonna get a movie maybe it's not a good movie but i know i'm (laughs) gonna get something that's like tailored to being two to three hours depending on what movie you're watching as opposed to something that feels like in the middle where it kind of spins its wheels a little bit and it's 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 very weird, um, just because we talked about this a little bit, but like when the the Netflix shows were coming out, that was like the biggest thing where I liked those shows well enough, but every single episode was like we meet the main bad guy in the first episode, they beat him in the thirteenth episode, usually to some degree, like there were some fluctuations in there. So like they're doing the one long story, but they always don't they don't have enough story to get all the way through those episodes. So they always end up at certain parts not quite feeling like everything's firing on all cylinders. You would think that cutting that down by half would solve that issue, but that doesn't seem to be what's happening in a lot of these cases. And I don't dislike any of these shows. I enjoy watching them. Like I've looked forward to them for the most part, but it's just a, it's just a weird thing that happens. And I don't know, like I, like I just keep saying, I don't write TV. <laughs> I don't know how to fix this problem, but it feels like a problem that should be fixed. Yeah, until the money stops coming in, I don't know that it's going to be fixed. But yeah, I, I mean, most of these shows, I would say, are probably above average MCU entries. So they'd probably go in like a CB list. For me, at least right now, I would probably put at least What If and Moon Knight, again, for, for me, in like the C, maybe even D category. Because sure. they just they didn't grip me as much as the other ones did. I, I wasn't necessarily like, what's going to happen next in, in these? Because among other things... uh unless you had like some kind of notification set up with Disney, I don't think they announced what the next episode was going to be uh, with what if no, so, like, we, had, just... we had Captain Carter and then you didn't know what the next episode was going to be until it, it dropped. Yeah, I think that's true. So like, I think especially with what if I think they needed something to tease what the next episode was going to be to really build up that anticipation. Uh, even if it was going to be, less impactful like they weren't building towards a guardians of the multiverse even if it was just like one-off store what if stories i think that would have been very beneficial for them well you know i realized to some degree i should probably acknowledge that i spent a bunch of time ranting in defense of episodic television and this is like what if is like the most episodic of these shows (laughs) where you're such a hypocrite man where i i realize that there's some i think there's a lot of a lot of other things that weigh it down for me more than the episodic nature of it, which is something I quite like about it. And I just, I think, I think what it is is that I wanted that to be what it was as opposed to having to build to a whole thing, even though there's stuff about 
there's like the moment where the watcher realizes that stuff's about to go down and he's like and he's like oh shit or something like that <laughs> like that, that moment rules like the stuff where he's fighting he's fighting ultron through the multiverse is like is cool but i'm also like you know i can acknowledge that it's cool while also being like that's not quite what i wanted out of this show and i think it's a thing that i think about like with star wars a lot too where like i think some these universes are like big enough and vast enough to handle things that don't always plug themselves back into the big crossover or like the stuff that you know in star wars the skywalker stuff and i i'm always like i want something that is slightly more detached from everything mm-hmm. than it already it currently is and you know i'm sure i'm in the minority of that but i to be a parody of myself i'm the guy who's like i want to i want to turn on star trek and like this week they're in a saloon for some reason (laughs) and next week they're going to be debating the ethics of euthanasia (laughs) uh speaking of star trek real quick uh they did drop the the they finally dropped the trailer for uh the orville have you checked out the orville yet i have not seen the orville i know people really swear by it at the time when like the last couple seasons were coming out, which I think was like a while ago now, like the last season was in 2019 or something, right? Yeah. I was still watching Next Generation for the first time. And I was like, if I want to watch a show that riffs on Next Generation, I'm just going to go watch Next Generation. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I don't know that it actually riffs on it. Like it is kind of more of an homage, I think. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people say it's like a better Deep Space Nine or I, I really don't know my Star Trek well enough, but um i i really enjoy it like i i have no attachment to star trek though so maybe that's just me enjoying star trek that's not star trek i've heard i've heard a lot of good things um about it and one of these days i should check it out because like when it was announced i wasn't i wasn't you know me being really into star trek is something that happened in like probably the last five years um so when it was first coming out i probably was like not as into it as i am and i also was like i'm gonna watch seth mcfarland make a bunch of dumb space jokes jokes. (laughs) yeah Yeah. 45 minutes every week but you know i hear it's actually a pretty good kind of star trek show yeah not to really give too much away but like uh i i really had no interest in it and then one day i decided like really bored while i had some time off of work and i turned it on and the first episode was i'm like okay cool and then like by the fourth episode you're done with all the character introductions so they're telling like individualized episodic stories and this like fourth episode i think it's the fourth episode you tell uh they're telling the story of um they're they're essentially klingons they're not klingons though right uh but they're like an all-male species that somehow is able to reproduce and like one out of every like two billion births is a female and this species the society has uh this idea that if they're born a female, they're going to be different and they're going to be made fun of and all this sort of stuff. As an infant, they will perform a gender, uh, a sex change operation to make it a male. And the the crew of the Orville is like, that's barbaric. Why would you do right. this? Yeah. And to get the point across to the crew member, they have him watch Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. <laughs> okay. And he realizes that through his difference, Rudolph has saved the day. And so he, he decides that his, his newly born daughter should stay a daughter but his partner doesn't agree and you find out that his his partner was actually born a female and so there's like this whole really interesting idea of like self-hatred and all this sort of stuff 
And it, it's a really good episode. And again, it's it's not something you would necessarily be like, oh yeah, that's a Seth MacFarlane yeah, thing. Yeah, the guy guy. <laughs> going to do yeah. That <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I and part of it too is, you know, until very recently, I always had new Star Trek to watch for new to me. Because um, it wasn't until, you know, relatively recently that I like got through all the stuff, basically. So I think it's like been that. And then also I think people are really willing to throw it up as an example when they're like talking shit about the new star trek stuff that people just like oh, like picard and discovery and all that that people just irrationally hate i think you know that stuff's not perfect i like it and maybe that is a topic for an episode sometime but i'll let you and alex debate that one out because again i have no input on star trek i think i think that stuff is generally fine to good and so like there's a part of me i think that was like you know what i'm not you dorks are getting stuck in arms <laughs> about what quote unquote real Star Trek is. I'm not going to watch this show. Um, so maybe I just need to get over that and give it a shot. Cause I just keep hearing from people that it is a pretty good overall. And like, a yeah, lot, it's a lot not a huge it. investment either. I think it's like 26 episodes through the first two seasons. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so it's, it's not a big, I do big see it on sometimes and I'm like, what if, so I've definitely spoken mm-hmm. through it before. <laughs> Somewhere in the infinite multiverse, there's a, a Matt that's watched the Orville and has enjoyed it. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, there's there's me who's like weirdly into Star Trek for someone who grew up thinking I hate Star Trek, and um, I remember very specifically. I think I think we went to go see the the Star Trek 2009 movie, the J.J. Abrams one, the first one, mm-hmm. and I was like, maybe I'm into Star Trek. And I went <laughs> home and watched a bunch of original series episodes on Netflix, and I was like, I. I'm not in the Star Trek. <laughs> and now I actually am in the Star Trek. So somewhere out there, there's a guy who feels exactly that way, but just about the Orville. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up here. Uh, before we go, I do have a couple, uh, no, a few shout outs. Um, anyone who's been paying attention again on Twitter, uh, I have been in a lot of places. Um, I, we had our regular episode last week where we had the video game club on to talk about the uncharted movie. Um, and then a- Antonio released the potluck episode of uh, the cult worthy podcast, where I talked about velvet by Ed Brubaker. Uh, and then we did our two hour block with the uh, live stream for the cure. And then Caesar dropped the uh, episode of starship troopers that I was on. And also Tim from the video game club dropped the fanatics episode that I was on. So there's like five bits of media out there, podcasts, yeah, around. whatever, <laughs> but like I, that I'm like, what the, ha- when did this happen? When did I do all these things? Uh, like the see the one with uh, no on 15, I recorded that one like four or five weeks ago. So like, I completely forgot about that one, but I, I knew there was like going to be some crossover with some of these. So like, uh, I have like a thread on on Twitter where it's like I was here, 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 and here this week. <laughs> uh, but thank you again to um, Antonio for having me on the Cult Worthy, Caesar for having me on No One Fifteen, Tim for having me on the Fanatic, and also for coming on with Joey and Slade for Video Game Club. And thank you to anyone who tuned in to live stream for the Cure and is now maybe coming on as a, with this as their first episode or I'm so sorry that you had <laughs> unhinged rants as your first episode. And thank you for anyone who donated or just took the time to, to again, hang out with me and Re- Rebecca and Nick and Dan, as we told stories about our time at GameStop. Um, Matt, I did not tell the story about the time someone shit in the corner with you and Jason. 
that one I, I don't have enough details but i think you just need to know that someone shit in the corner of the store <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but with that, uh, Matt, do you have any social medias you would like to share? Uh, sure. You can find me on Twitter at uh, M-R-L-I-P-A-R-O-T-A. That's M-R-Liparata. And yeah, it's mostly on hinge rants like this. Um, so for some reason, you liked hearing me say the same thing over and over for you know, an hour. <laughs> find me on Twitter where it's mostly that, but for my deteriorating mental health <laughs> as the pandemic continues. Oh, and uh, sorry, Quick, but quick before I share my socials. Um, thank you again to Adam Rose, who I'm not sure if he's been listening to us at all. Uh, but thanks again to Adam Rose, writer of Corollary, for giving us uh, a digital copy of uh, Corollary number two. I'm really digging this series and uh, the fact that there's only two issues left in the original run of this. I, I'm kind of sad because it, it's a really fun story. You can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Scar. Scar is spelled S-K-A-A-R. You can follow the podcast at Talking Smack Pod. You can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Good Pods, Apple, and Spotify, along with Anchor and a few other places like Google. And that's the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Watch Star Trek. Watch the Orville. <laughs>